This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to the awful and awesome entertainment rap. Most of you will recognize this song. It's from Dear Zindagi, the new hit film with Alia Bhatt and Shah Rukh Khan. Here's a curious little detail for you. Yes. In the film, this song is sung by Ali Zafar and you hear it in Ali Zafar's voice. However, what you just heard, it's that not. is Orijit Singh. But there's a reason for that, right? You and I both know this. Which is? That Ali Zafar is a person. bad pakistani so there are no good pakistani there are no, no good so he's a pakistani <laughs> he's basically. a pakistani so and we should be can't be there na on the soundtrack and we should be thankful that he's at least been allowed to be in the yeah. film that in itself is enough so we can't figure out exactly why ali zafar was good enough for the film but not good enough for youtube but we have other questions and other curiosities yes that we can talk about you on this week's awful and awesome entertainment trap with me dipanjana pal and me rajshree sen This week we're going to talk about films from Bollywood, trailers from Hollywood, short films from all over the world including what Rajeshri Sen charmingly calls South India. No. Oh my god, we are going to be burnt <laughs> at stakes and never fed sambar again. So Dear Zindagi released on Friday. Yes. The Friday that has gone by and it's directed by Gauri Shinde which is why I at least had high hopes for it because her last film was English English which was utterly quite, charming. Yeah. It was quite charming and uh this one has Shahrukh Khan in it. It has Alia Bhatt in it. It Alia Bhatt who has been having a really good yeah, year. Like exactly. 2016 has been quite horrible for Bollywood but for Alia Bhatt between um Kapoor and Sons then Urta Punjab yeah. and now Dear Zindagi all of them hits all of them very good performances from exactly. her exactly also the other reason why i felt that this film might be nice is because it's not the run of the mill kind of hindi cinema like a love story or anything like it's not a commercial it's about this young woman who works as a cinematographer she's ambitious she's uh, far too young for her industry and um despite all the success that she has there's a certain emptiness as usual <gasps> and insomnia and uh, she by chance comes across a therapist called Dr Jahangir Khan aka Jug played by Shahrukh Khan bachpan mein jab rona aata hai to bade kehte hain aansu poocho jab gussa aata hai to bade kehte hain kis smile taaki ghar ki shanti bani rahe nafrat karna chahte hain to ijazat nahi di tab jab hum pyar karna chahte hain to pata chalta hai ye sara emotional system hi gadbada gaya kaam nahi kar raha उटरेटिक्स प्लेस ऑल्सो अबाउट वॉट है 
when if you haven't seen the trailer people should watch one of the trailers where they show the therapy session where he's sort of uh, playing kabaddi with the sea this is a practicing therapist who watched it and she was frankly most disturbed about it i'm going to the link is below but you see the big difference is sonali gupta is not sharukh khan that's the, the whole thing which is what i told her i said this is why Alia Bhatt is not in love with you. Indeed, because when you are Shah Rukh Khan and you have words of wisdom to spout to your patient, they will miraculously be cured, as Alia Bhatt is in the film. Look, the basic problem with Dear Zindagi is that it's actually two films rather than one. Mm. It's the curse of the interval. But um, that said, it's a much, much better film. than a lot of these sort of mental issue films that yeah. we've seen like we we're not very good at understanding uh, psychological problems in mm. general so to have a film that is talking about any kind of mental health issues the fact that there are you know secrets in a family is something that we've dealt with before but to take it to the point of go to a therapist talk to somebody yeah. it's almost and like and there's nothing wrong with talking exactly. to a therapist it's which is a big like deal a PSA. in india yeah it's a psa more than a film but uh, it's also made about 32 and a half crore in its first weekend and in foreign collections it's mm. made almost 27 and a half crores oh. that's very very yeah. good news for a little film martin scorsese yeah has directed approximately 60 films he he Such has a small number, huh? i know very inadequate underperformer but yes so he's directed 60 he's produced 58 He is by he's far a hard working man <laughs> He is one of the most successful men in Hollywood. Guess how long he has been trying to make the film Silence. 27 years. So Silence is based on a novel that was uh, published in 1966 about 17th century Jesuit priests who went to Japan to convert yeah. people. Now Japan uh, outlawed Christianity hmm. which basically meant that anyone who was uh, found to be practicing the faith was put through terrible torture. Uh, the book uh, which is also called uh, Silence and was written by Shusaku Endo Hmm. beautifully written by the way uh it describes one particular torture technique which involves tying up someone yeah. then dangling them up and upside down over a pit while they bleed so they're going to bleed to death like that yeah it is actually based on history uh yeah. and uh there's Andrew Garfield Adam Driver and Liam Neeson So what I find fascinating is one it's shot beautifully just the trailer is stunning there's this shot of the three uh priests walking down these yes, steps of the Vatican the, and it fills you with also a sense of foreboding that this uh passion that they frankly have for Christ is just so overpowering and all consuming that you get that sense of foreboding the worst that you can imagine of the vatican sort of seeps out through that scene but what i find amazing is they are going to have the uh, have a screening at the vatican it's going to premiere at the vatican so i maybe liam neeson and all won't be seen after that again uh, the book is about a crisis of faith 
right? Yeah. Because all these Japanese people are tortured so horribly that one of the priests starts wondering whether showing your loyalty to the symbols of the faith yeah. are more important than actual faith. Hmm. And it ends with a pretty blasphemous act. And let's not forget, the Catholics have quite a tradition of torture themselves. Medieval Catholicism is hmm. filled with horrible, horrible things that they did to Protestants. So torture, being cruel, doing things for the faith... The Catholics have a pretty disgusting yeah. record, all right? So um, so I'm very curious to see how the Buddhist Japanese are going to be shown because it'll be a little bit disappointing if, if they're they just flat out yeah. evil. It's quite uh, impressive. To, he basically hired Reverend James Martin, who is a Jesuit priest and a writer, as a consultant on this film. And the stars had to prepare themselves for the role by undertaking a seven-day silent retreat at a Jesuit spiritual center. But they had spectacular views of North Wales, they've said. Can you, Rajashree Sen, imagine seven days without talking? If Andrew Garfield or Liam Neeson is there... You talk to them. No, I don't have to talk. What you've just heard is from the track called Heptopod B from the film Arrival by Denis Villeneuve starring Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner and two gigantic aliens. The The reason why I wanted you to hear the music is that it's written by this uh, Icelandic composer called Johan Johansson and he has made this entire soundtrack using human voices except Nothing sounds human, as you just heard. It sounds completely strange. And uh, the, much of the film is about communication because essentially what happens is that there are 12 of these um, alien crafts that appear in 12 parts of the world. Incidentally, India feel, feel miffed because Villeneuve put the subcontinental alien craft over the Punjab in Pakistan. <gasps> This Pakistan is always getting in our way here. The American team is made up of a linguist, Amy Adams, and a scientist, Jeremy Renner, who go up to try and communicate with the aliens, who are the heptopods. Heptopods because they are uh, seven feet tall and have seven feet. Oh, that's uh -huh. quite cool. Yeah. Huh? Hmm. They are weird. So you see the aliens. You, you do, do see, see the them. aliens. You do see the aliens and you see them quite early on. This is a magnificent film. This linguist has to figure out a means of setting up a language between herself and these uh, aliens who have their own language that she's trying to understand. And, and uh, Johansson said about the track, it seemed appropriate to use the voice as a lead instrument in a film that is primarily about language and communication. The singers all sing mostly vowels with no inherent meaning, but it sounds almost like a language that is in a stage of slowly forming. It's amazing how this film pans out because in many ways not much happens, but within about 20 minutes, Denis Villeneuve just has you 
completely riveted. Something else that struck me while watching the film is, you know, Rene Magritte's painting, Castle of the Pyrenees. It's mm. this floating rock, yeah. which has a little castle on top of it. The rock shows up in a lot of his paintings, right? They're heavy, but they're floating midair. That absurdity because he's a surrealist painter. I was completely remembering those paintings when, you when see I the saw these because they are also oblong rocks hovering like they weigh nothing above this landscape. And this is set in Montana, hmm. which is so beautiful. Like it's pastoral beauty, these clouds that rush over mountains, hmm. these lush green fields and this dark, weightless and yet solid rock. Because uh, of something that Stephen Hawking said, like around, I think, a month back, which he's kept repeating actually for a while. So if alien life contacts Earth, we would do well to not respond. Because <laughs> to aliens, we are most probably going to be just like, we'll be the same as the way we view bacteria. And he said, we keep thinking that, oh, let's look for alien life, but that is the stupidest thing that we could do. And I always feel if Stephen Hawking says something, maybe we should listen a little bit, which is why it's any of these films are interesting, because what does happen if alien life does... So, on that subject, hmm. incidentally, we actually have a protocol. Like, there is a genuine... Hmm honest-to-goodness protocol should aliens land on the Earth. If you think of the aliens back in the 70s, yeah. they were these, essentially, we were fascinated by the idea that there is a race that is technologically superior to yeah. us, right? And so you, they were violent. They were going to destroy us most of the time. And mostly it was intellect. Like, that was the thing that we found scary, the notion of the intellect, um, come the 21st century, there's far more of a bent towards nature. So you look at District 9 and the aliens yeah. are those prawns, right? They're, they're, they're like morphed That's a film natural everyone creatures. Everyone should watch. Brilliant film. The heptapods here again, hmm. they are more elemental than natural okay. animals. They're not humanoids by any stretch of imagination. So I think with climate change, global warming, all of these things, deforestation, all of these natural dangers that we are inflicting upon ourselves because we're sort of, you know, trying to poke the beast hmm. that is nature, our fears are manifested in these nature-inclined yeah. in aliens. That's my Bengali moment of the week. Wes Anderson, who's made uh, most recently the, the Grand, Budapest. Grand Budapest Hotel, which is just fabulous. And he'd also made the Darjeeling Express. Indeed. Both of which starred Adrian uh, Brody. So he has made an ad for uh, H&M, the clothing brand. Station Master Fred, it's Ralph. You got the scissors, construction paper, aluminum foil, extension cord. What else? Good. How tall is it? Well, we'll just have to make it work. Here we come. The whole uh, setting of this ad, which is called Come Together, mm. is a train, which is a favorite of uh, Anderson's, which is why Darjeeling uh, Limited was on a train as well. And he's generally been very fond of trains. So uh, there's Adrian Brody. He's the Conduct he's conductor. And uh, their train has been delayed. It's the 24th of December. The train has been delayed because of inclement conditions. And so they're going to celebrate Christmas in a train because they're yeah. in transit. Um, and while all of the all of the sort of doll's house 
perfection of Anderson's filming is going on. You hear first the little drummer boy hmm. and then you hear John Lennon's War is yeah. Over, which is why I can't help feeling that this is Wes Anderson's reaction to Trump's win. But it's very beautifully shot. So you see each window of the train uh, compartment, you see different passengers and you see them sitting with their Christmas gifts. There's an unaccompanied minor on the train and uh, Adrian Brody basically decides that they should at least give him a Christmas. And they announce that in 20 minutes there will be brunch, right? A Christmas brunch, brunch. with a chocolate-topped beverage. Yes. The way it's shot, especially that tunnel scene, There's when a, the train yeah. goes through the tunnel. And you're just... Yeah, it's just about 10 seconds and you're just looking at the corridor of a train as it passes through a tunnel and light just flashes in and darkness takes over and then light flashes and darkness takes over. Now, here's the thing. You can accuse me of being all Bengali about this, but the fact is that here's a train, a symbol of progress, that is stalled because of inclemency and everyone comes together yeah. to stay within their little bubbles and yet find a little bit of hope out of the ragtag bits of scrap that they have I think that's pretty much America's future for the next few years mm. I just hope it looks as good as it come yeah. together does the world of short cinema short films has given us a new film which isn't half bad it's called Chutney it's what's interesting is that it has been written and produced by Tiska Chopra for people who don't know who Tiska Chopra is, she was the mother in Tare Zameenpur and she's done far nicer cinema as well. She but is, she's the most, that's the biggest commercial hit. And it's a shame because she, as this film shows, yeah. is a very, very talented actress. Yeah. This uh, film also, leaving aside plot and stuff, which I will leave mm. you to talk about, uh, this film shows the best example of makeup that I have seen yeah, in yeah. ages. Anyone who sees the film would not recognize Tiska Chopra in it. So what's nice about Chutney is that it's uh, it's also directed, it's not directed by Tiska Chopra, it's directed by someone called Jyoti Kapoordas, who I haven't heard of before. Well, she's worked on Bhag Milka Bhag. She okay. worked on Kahani, Queen, Gangs of Vasipur. So she's been part of the miscellaneous crew okay. for some pretty good productions. Hmm. So this film stars Tiska Chopra, uh, Rasika Dugal, who's mainly acted in theatre, but does do some. She's, Shin uh, she's an actress of both stage yeah. and screen and a friend, full yes. disclosure. So it was very good to see her. And um, Adil Hussain is in it. And there's also Sumit Gulati, who has acted before in Talwar, especially. You'll remember him from Talwar. So he might just have been typecast as domestic help. because yeah, he's, he's the, playing the domestic help again. But So the focus of the whole film is Tiska Chopra's character, hmm. who is a frumpy housewife from Ghaziabad, yeah. as she keeps reminding us and as people keep clearly rubbing in. हमको शुरू से ही अपनी खुद की सब्जियां उगाने का बहुत मन था वैसे भी बाहर सब्जियों का दाम कितना बढ़ा हुआ है ना गाजियाबाद में हम सारा बेकार का चीज मिट्टी में डाल देते हैं कुछ फेंकते नहीं है मिट्टी की पौष्टिकता बढ़ती है ना so we're not going to give away what the twist is given hmm. this has just come out no and it is a, it's a suspense thing but so did you did you think it was coming yeah but then I'm basically suspicious. So it's basically Rasika comes over to Tiska Chopra's house. Rasika is obviously having some sort of 
either an affair or a frizzer with uh, Tiska's husband, Adil. And she says, I'll come over and learn how to cook from you. So she goes over and it's meant to be, basically, Rasika has the upper hand in the beginning because she, Tiska Chopra knows that she's having an affair or something with her husband. And Tiska Chopra is playing the good hostess and she's narrating a story to Rasika. Now, whether it's a story of warning, why is she narrating this story? I don't know. But and the tone tells, in which it's narrated. And it talks about so much, right? It yeah. talks about power dynamics. It talks about how uh, domestic help are treated. Yeah. How people sort of take them almost as possessions, like objects that they will do whatever yeah. they want with. Um, as well as, of course, that nuance of warning that you were mentioning. Hmm. Uh, the gender imbalance as well yeah. which sort of also town versus suburb that difference mm. because these guys are living in model town which is an old and they keep like she keeps saying that oh I'm from Ghaziabad and even so it starts off at a party it seems to be like a wedding reception or some sort of get together and all the colony women are standing and gossiping with Rasika about Tiska who's just walked in and they say she's from Ghaziabad like it's it's the worst thing that could happen but it's a very nicely done they've all acted fabulously yeah very credible I love that final shot which uh, sort of pulls up and it's a top shot of model town yeah um, cinematographers Jay Oza and that is that's that is a money shot if ever there was one. So it's just a house of people you see and there's very, it's like 15 or 18 minutes, something. Not yeah, even. It's, it's truly a short film. But even in like these moments, like there's that uh, fraction of a second in which Tiska Chopra walks past her brother-in-law. Yeah. Such a lovely moment. Not nothing a word is said, said, but nothing developed. so but much. So much lurks inside. So watch it. It's nice to see films like this being made. There's a short film, another short film, that has been causing something of a stir down south, as uh, yeah, Miss Sen likes to put south. it. Huh. Um, yes, in more ways than one, yeah. in fact. Shailaja Padindala has directed a film called Memories of a Machine. It's a simple film at the face of it. Um, Kani Kasruti plays a young woman who's being filmed by her husband, and they're having a frank chat. The chat begins with her husband asking her to talk about the first time she felt sexual. But the reason why I say this has caused a stir is, in, and I can't do this without giving away certain twists in the plot. No, they'll get it in the first uh, 10 seconds of the story. No, it's not 10 is. seconds. But yes, the point is that the protagonist of Shailaja's film says that when she was in school, just about eight years old, she had a peon in school. She had a crush on a peon in school and he fingered her. No, he made her sit on his lap. He had, he had an erection, erection and then he fingered she her. She held the erection, he fingered her and she was turned on. You won't even say it's shown in a non-judgmental way because they are laughing about it in the film. Well, her the, husband does say, don't relate this story to a pedophile. And she is giggling about it and it's all... It's not just that. See the, it, So let me preface this by saying that... Uh, the director is very clear about the fact she said in an interview, and I'm going to quote her, 
I do not support child abuse or rape. If I ever see a child being abused, I would protect him or her with brickbats. Memories. One hopes so. Mm. Absolutely. I'm, I'm presume mm. she's she means this as well. Memories of a machine, Shailaja says, does not intend to send a message or to romanticize child abuse. It is an attempt to portray a child's natural thought towards sexual pleasure of what a child might feel before he or she is confronted with societal norms and morals. Now. I appreciate the idea of trying to talk about sexual pleasure from a point of view of innocence, right? As do um, So all of this is great. Now, here's where my problem comes up. First of all, this film begins with a quote from Lars von Trier. And yes. I had to take a deep breath before even uttering his name because he's such a misogynist mess. Hmm. Uh, then on the bed that they're lying on, there's the DVD of Lars von Trier's yeah. Nymphomaniac. Of all no, that's things. what it's... So there are, even though it's not so ostensibly judgmental, there are hints of judgment in there, one. Mm. Most importantly, though, this whole notion that if a child is so-called enjoying it ostensibly, it's okay, yeah, is that's what, very, it's a very child. troubling yeah. to me. There's a point at which the uh, the protagonist is asked why she didn't tell anyone what happened hmm. with this and peon. And she says, because maybe I wanted it to happen again. Exactly. Are you kidding me? No, so that's what the fact that a child does not have the relevant information and awareness to take such decisions, to know whether these decisions are right or wrong, which is why a child, given if I tell a child that, why don't you take a knife and sit your wrist? It's lots of fun. A child is capable of doing it purely because they don't know any better. You can talk and write about or depict anything. And that's freedom of expression. But take Lolita. Now, because Lolita, she's also a very young. She's, she was 14. 14, in the, yeah. And she has, what was his name? I loved his name. Humbert. Humbert, Humbert. So that's a love story at the end of the day. Yeah. But there's something which we all know is slightly wrong in that. Here, we're looking at a situation where a child does not know what she's consenting yeah. to or how she's articulating that consent. Um, and to say that that's okay, that it's all right for a grown-up to do this to a minor... Uh, no, and I in have today's with this. day and age, it is not the 70s where we hardly heard about cases. No, there's just so much sexual abuse going around. There's so much abuse of children. I'm not saying you need to censor it but or something, but some better judgment, some way of depicting. Yeah. There's something which just left a very, very uncomfortable taste in my mouth. So again, I, I'm not saying that this film should not be made or any such yeah. thing. Uh, I'm glad it has been made for one thing. Uh, Kani Kasruti is a phenomenal actress. Hmm. Her performance, no one would believe she's acting. Yeah, yeah. She's extraordinary. It seems like a normal, like a normal home cinema. Sandeep P.S., who is the cameraman, wonderful little job. I really like the uh, sort of, you know, the cleverness of calling this memories of a machine. Like, is it the memory of the camera? Is it the memory of a woman who mm. suppressed all of this? Do you become a machine because of the trauma that you don't acknowledge? There's so many questions that it manages to raise. So full points for that. But uh, it still left me feeling a little yeah. violated. 
So there's a new ad campaign which is out of video ad campaign awareness campaign actually with beat me to the top of the mountains beat me on the ground get to me aage bad karke dikhao okay this is uh, a video by UN Women Pakistan it has used known uh, faces in Pakistan so there's uh, the only Pakistani woman to climb mount everest mm. is there her name is samina beg there's a singer misha safi there's a journalist sana uh, butcha her name is and they are basically talking about like try and beat me it's yeah. almost like a dare and it's a very well made video it's a really powerful yeah. video and it's also um it it literally does hit you the first time you start hearing them say beat me because yeah. you know that the context is also the horrible domestic abuse that is a standard feature across the world but particularly in the subcontinent um women are beaten up by their fathers their mothers their husbands their brothers yeah. everybody so to hear a woman saying hit me yeah. um it's not the same as you know taxi driver and robert de niro mm. it has far more sort of you know bloody and mangled and painful connotations mm. here so to claim those two words and say that it's a challenge i thought it was uh, it it was really well done i thought yeah so they've got a, into a bit of a controversy because there's someone called uh, fahad rajpur who had made a video called try beating me lightly which oh. she had created before when the pakistan because pakistan does things like this pakistan's council of islamic ideology had they do have that they recommended a bill that said for a that, second i thought that that acronym to prick but no it no, doesn't no. but it could it, it should, should. <laughs> yeah it they recommended a bill that said that you can hit your wife lightly if she defied your wishes so uh, fahad had made a video but that was stills it was of pictures right. of people who are normal ordinary people unlike on moroccan tv so that's a fascinating thing i've got to say right so moroccan tv you guys <laughs> must have seen this they have a video they had rather yeah. a video by a makeup expert who very very earnestly and seriously hmm. told viewers how to hide signs of like when physical violence yeah, like when, when you've been beaten up, up yeah. how to hide those with makeup but i like the title also it was called after the beating and it included <laughs> tips like you know don't press too hard yeah, because it's tender which is a good suggestion but one would hope that you don't actually have a serious so makeup I, i don't know I don't know how to process this. Like is this genuinely advice or is this like really taking the piss no, in the so biggest I possible way? No, so I watched it and I thought that maybe they are taking the piss and no one's getting it that they are but they were very serious and that's worrying because not once did they say you should not have been beaten by your husband in the first place. It was also disturbing to me because when you look at the results, you know, the women who have had stuff done to them, hmm. um it's actually really well camouflaged and it made me think of h- how many you know caked faces have i looked at and thought yeah. oh my god so much makeup what what was that foundation hiding right so we're coming to the end of this week's episode so much of uplifting things we've done this lovely, time lovely. 
Um, now, before I go on to this week's question, which I'm happy to report is not depressing like our uh, last two segments. Yeah. Um, let me tell you who got the answers right for our last week's question when I asked you what Sonu Nigam's real name was, if Sonu Nigam was indeed his real mm. name. As it turns out, Sonu Nigam is his real name. His full name is Sonu Agam Kumar Nigam, which a surprising number of people knew. That's very worrying. Um, thank you, Yoganshu, Pallavi and Akshay for writing in. This week's question involves listening. Therefore, you must listen to this. <laughs> So what you've just heard, the first part is from a Tamil film. The second part is uh, revisiting that tune by Krisha Shok. You need to tell me what is the original song that you've heard in initially, which Krisha Shok covered. And you need to tell me who composed it. Remember, you need to send them to contact at News Laundry. You can also tell us what you think at uh, Twitter because Rajashree and I are both on Twitter as is News Laundry um, remember when the public pays the public is served which is why you should subscribe to us if you don't want to subscribe to us we will be very sad but allow us to point you towards our other stuff including Hafta and of course there's you and me Rajashree Sen keeping it real and poppy yes you can tell us which one was awesome and which was awful with that Thank you, Miss Sen. Thank you, Miss Paul. And it's a wrap. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.